Headline, Goonie Nerd Dead. Gun twirling. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that float. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. gold, gold. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special episodes of 90s teen dramas starring 30-somethings. I am your host, Austin Gorton, and with me this week wearing a 10-gallon hat is... Carolyn Maine, but it's actually only two ounces. I have a two-ounce version of a 10-gallon hat. Mm-hmm. Still quite <laughs> Is the that shot. just like a derby? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> tiny baby hat, but I'm partying, woo! And uh, back in the studio, fresh from his too-cool-for-school surfing trip to Baja, (laughs) is... Of course it's David Bitsenhofer. (laughs) (laughs) Renowned surfer, David Bitsenhofer. (laughs) This week, we are discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 2, Episode 14, The Next 50 Years in which dorky David Silver completes his transition into the Cool Kids group after his even dorkier friend Scott accidentally kills himself on his 16th birthday. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers, but oddly enough, not spoilers for, like, the end of the episode. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. I mean, we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. This this was something. Yeah, right? It was. (laughs) I had major Degrassi feels about it. I know. Well, I mean, 90210 is kind of, you know, is, is he, you could either call it the proto-Degrassi or the, yeah. like, ancestor of Degrassi. Well, kind of, but it's also, there was a Degrassi before it, too, so. That's true. There was a Degrassi Junior High, which was through the 80s, and how much that influenced Beverly Hills 90210, I have zero clue, but then, yeah. Right. How much right. that then influenced Degrassi once it did its thing, who knows, I don't know. Yeah. Teen drama. So, this is our second 90210 episode. Uh, Carolyn and I were on it with no. uh, Shane Hosey uh, in uh, in memory of Luke Perry after his fun. passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, David, that leaves <laughs> oh, you man. to tell us what your relationship with 90210 Bill. is. I'm trying to think if I actually saw this episode or not. I was... I fairly sure i watched every episode of the first season when like when it came out first run somehow i was on board even though it was like what fifth or sixth grade or something and mm-hmm. yeah yeah fourth grade maybe oh, for uh, us yeah maybe because yeah. i i watch i started watching it in the summer episodes after the first season with my friend nick dennis when I was still in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And so that would have been before fifth grade, because that's when I moved back here. Did the first season end with them almost moving back to Minnesota or something? Yes. Yeah, because I remember that episode, because that's where Andrea like professes her love to Brandon, basically. But Yep, yep, and it's gross. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I forget how it all turns out, but it always seemed like it didn't go anywhere. But, uh... And then I, pr- I would assume I watched season two, and maybe I even saw this one, but obviously it didn't really stick with me, because I don't remember one way or another, and I guess I'd have to see the surrounding stuff to know. I remember 
kind of identifying with Brian Austin Green because he was the younger one who was the uncool one, so I was rooting for him, but <laughs> I think that changes later in the season. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be rooting. I don't even think I was rooting for him in this episode, really, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been you, David. It should have been you. Oh, snap. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I just kind of fell off of it by, you know, season two to three, and I don't know how far. And I feel like I know some of it, because pre-recording, we you kind of brought up Peach Pit After Dark, and I remember some of that stuff, but I don't know if it's just from you or just I'd catch episodes, but that's kind of where I fell off. And I know it was always weird to me once both Brandon and Brenda leave because the premise of the show were like two Midwesterners show up into like Beverly Hills and are fish out of water. But I think that all ends pretty quickly too, but that always seemed weird. It does, but I mean, yeah, as long as they're still around, you have that connection to the initial Mm -hmm. premise. And then when they both leave, you're just like, well, this is just a soap (laughs) opera about people in Beverly Hills now. When your main character left is Steve, you're in a really bad place. (laughs) I like how easy Midwesterners are to like glom onto the Midwestern thing. All someone has to say is Midwestern, and you're like, oh, that's me. And that's like Midwestern, young and uncool. Oh, that's super me. Okay. It's a very very Minnesotan. Well, no, I mean. Well, Wisconsin, too, I guess. Well, probably. I'm just saying, like, it meant more because they were from Minnesota specifically. And so. That sure. made us like, yeah, clamp onto it even more. If it was, if they were from Iowa or the Dakotas, <laughs> we'd probably, we'd probably hate it more than <laughs> like it. <laughs> right, right. That's not Meanwhile, I Minnesota. Right. Meanwhile, I never remember that's part of the premise. So thanks for the refresh. <laughs> well, right, because it it really doesn't come. I mean, it's some of those really early season one episodes. They kind of make a point to like at one point in each episode have like a conversation between Brandon and Brenda where they're like, boy, it sure is hard to make it out here. Boy, things sure are different around these parts. Or, but like this is season like by season two, like they're fully integrated with all of the other kids. And, but it does like, come up at the end. Right. But I mean, even there, like David groups them in with like the cool kids. Yes. Who've been yes, there, yes. <laughs> you know, in Beverly Hills since day one. So it's sort of like, well, I guess they're not from the Midwest anymore. But I. Yeah. So I never liked Steve. And this episode didn't help Steve's reputation in my mind. <laughs> no one likes Steve. He's <laughs> the blonde one, right? Yeah, with yeah, the curly yeah. hair. Yeah. With the curly pube hair. He's yeah. the real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he is from day one until almost the very end. <laughs> my only point, like I said, like when the show almost gets down to just Steve, that seems like a bad place. But also oh, no. in watching this episode, I'm like, are there any real heroes? That's yeah. Who am, that, that, who um, am I rooting for in this? Uh, <laughs> right. That is definitely something that I've come to Scott? realize. It might actually be Scott, and I didn't expect that going into this episode. I think it would be Violet Bickerstaff or whatever her name is. Yeah, here. I mean, she, but she's almost like her framing is too perfect right throughout the series right right, right. well of course because you know she's here it's balanced yeah like she's the daughter you know, of <laughs> she has the whole school chanting for her to graduate because she is off by she broke a rule that was clearly de- delineated and, and disseminated to all students mm-hmm. yeah 
Oh, we'll have to do that episode someday. We're going to do all of them, aren't you, Austin? Way to go, going back to your <laughs> series darling here. Well, and the funny thing, too, is that uh, um, I resisted doing this episode for a long time because, like, we did so many, like, gun violence episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's just like there's sadly so many of those kinds of episodes. And anytime I was like, oh, maybe it's time to do the Scott Scalen episode, like, no, we just did one. No, we just did one. Well, it's because of that Green Arrow we did where we solved gun violence. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> next gun violence and... episode is the one that'll make a difference. <laughs> yep, yep, totally. Keep totally. trying, TV. Didn't you? Didn't you hear the excerpt from Andrea's article in the local high school paper that's going <laughs> to fix gun violence? We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yep. Anything else you got, David? Uh, no, that's basically it. Like I've, I wouldn't say it's like a great show, but I don't really begrudge people for liking it. I did at the beginning, and so I don't know. It's, uh... Well, that's good because I wouldn't say it's a great show either. <laughs> God damn, do I like it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Austin's the resident expert. I'm mm-hmm. pretty lukewarm on it. Luke Perry warm. Luke Perry warm. That <laughs> is. Um, I bet he's nice to touch. No, yeah, it's there. I never watched much of it. It felt too old for me. I don't know how you fourth graders were handling all these thirty-year-old well, teen because... problems. Because. <laughs> To this be is fair, what I thought teens were. I know, yeah, it like, seems like it. Ninth graders looked that old to us at the time, right? <laughs> right, we didn't know any better. We didn't know that ninth graders didn't have receding hairlines. <laughs> With curly pube hair, yeah. <laughs> and now it's when like... you're a kid, everybody looks old. Now it's True. the exact opposite for me, where I'll be like in line at, at the concessions at a baseball game, and be like, oh, I gotta wait for these like 16-year-olds to get their Cokes. And then they order like cocktails and leave. <laughs> And you could say they have fake IDs, except that's happened one too many times for me to know that they all had fake IDs. I'm like, oh, I guess like <laughs> either either your estimation is off, or there's a huge fake ID yeah, exactly. problem with the Youths, I like that. There's cocktails at your baseball stadium, not oh, even just yeah. draft beer. Goddamn. Right. Okay. Oh, I know. You can you can pony up the dough for a nineteen dollar craft cocktail. Yeah, exactly. It sounds pretty good right now. I want to waste money. Outside. You want right, to be out in public, right. elbow to elbow with people, spending way too much Buying for way too little. Crappy, pay, paying a lot for crappy booze. Ooh. That is the dream. All right, mm-hmm. so uh, we start off with the cool nine hundred two one zero opening credits. Um, they're 10 year old me and still there's a part of me that doesn't think there's anything cooler in the history of the world than Brandon's fist pump to the beat of the uh, opening credits at the very beginning would anything he does be cool if he wasn't so handsome <laughs> well he didn't win me over in this episode I'll put it that way so. <laughs> yeah I've gone yeah. on a journey with Brandon because like when I watched the show as a kid I was like yeah Brandon's the best. He's I want to be Brandon when I grow up. Virtue, right? He's, He's a paragon, so and now handsome. I watch it, and I'm like, he is such a sanctimonious son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Well, he's not even that sanctimonious in this one. <laughs> like, he's just kind of no, not in this episode. Bad. He's just kind of a. Yeah, he's a makeout king. Dick in this one, yeah, <laughs> I know. Don't worry, he's his girlfriend's gonna drug him in the next episode. <gasps> he's gonna lose his car, so it's all good. Oh shit! And damn, should have known by her hair she was bad news. Yeah, yeah, and then she goes away for a while, and then she comes back and lights their uh, their like homecoming float on fire. Or something. <laughs> She's cool as hell, damn. <laughs> yeah, Emily Valentine, she was a piece of work. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, okay, okay. After those awesome opening credits, <laughs> uh, we're in the the West Beverly slash Sunnydale High <laughs> Courtyard. Yeah. And 
a choir is singing some patriotic yeah, song. Yeah, is this a real song? That's my first question. It of the... sucks so it bad. sounded real, but I don't <laughs> You're like, why would they have know? a fake one? There's, it, there's yeah, a lot of licensed free patriotic fake. songs you can sing. Because right? none of us right. have ever heard it before, and mm-hmm. they kept having this refrain, like, I'm so glad to have a country to have and to hold, <laughs> or some shit, but, like, they really do say to have and to hold, and it's like, you don't hold your country what are you doing are you grabbing the flag are you making out with the flag all hot and heavy until someone's parents get mad like no i don't have or hold america god take the flag into your pseudo friend's (laughs) kid's bedroom and make out with it get hot on that flag yeah So, uh, while the choir is singing its patriotic song, uh, Dorky David is uh, filming everything on a camcorder, and the idea is that the school is unveiling a time capsule from 1941, which was 50 years in the past of this episode's 1991 setting. Don't tell me how long 50 years ago was right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which is (laughs) a lot closer than you'd like to know. But there's a question. Do they do a time capsule every year and then open it up every 50 years? (laughs) Or why would they choose 1941? (laughs) Like, what an odd year to be like, this is the time capsule year, right? Well, and like later in the episode, they talk about how... The the time capsule in 1941 was buried like under cover of darkness because they were they were under blackout restrictions because of the Japanese attack mm-hmm. on Pearl Harbor. And so I'm not sure if the idea is supposed to be like, oh, no, the Japs are going to get us. Let's bury a time capsule yeah, before they do is what motivated them. And they knew that and kept track of that. And so now someone decided like, you know, maybe in 1981, they thought, should we unveil that time capsule? Nah, let's wait till 50. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm also a little confused why Brandon and Andrea are up there. Uh, because of the newspaper. <laughs> I like how important the newspaper takes itself. It's very funny. No, 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 let's be clear here. Andrea takes the newspaper seriously no one else does. <laughs> Brandon do it too. He steps. That's true. Brandon is very self serious. But Brandon is self serious about everything. But I feel That's like true. you front and center would be like the class president or some. You know, <laughs> do they have one? You'd assume so, right? I'm uh, not. Brandon ran for and lost class president in the first season. <laughs> so he's not perfect. <laughs> that was the episode that first laid the seeds for the future Brandon Kelly romance. Mm. Um. That took a number of years to pay off, but yeah, yeah, you're right, David. You should have like the class president or yeah. something. I don't know why, like, I don't know why the editor of the school newspaper and her like, you know, lap dog <laughs> reporter is is sitting up on this this uh, platform during this ceremony, but because they're the cool um, kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of the editorial board of the newspaper, Andrea gets all butt hurt because Brandon wants to go out with his hot girlfriend instead of go see Citizen Kane with her. Hey, I'm on Andrea's side because they already planned yeah, it. Yeah, but he's like, "How can you expect me to remember? We you bought these tickets two months earlier." But I'm like, "But you agreed to it two months earlier, right?" So then you kind right, of implicitly I don't know, write it down. <laughs> you implicitly right? agreed that you would remember two months later. You would have to either I, use the 1990s calendar, maybe mm-hmm. featuring Chippendales, or maybe they had a Palm Pilot. 
Yeah, it didn't maybe. Have a that seems a little calendar. early for Valentine's It would be. It would be like because his dad works in computers mm-hmm. or something. I'm just saying if you're going to agree know, two months either. in advance, you've agreed two months in advance. Whether you can remember or not is on you. Not her. Right. David, are you telling me that when you were 30 pretending to be 16 <laughs> and you had the option to go see an old movie with a 40-year-old pretending to be 16 <laughs> or make out with like a 32-year-old pretending to be 16, <laughs> you wouldn't choose to go make out with that uh, 32-year-old? I would absolutely choose to make out with a 32-year-old, but I'm that made me a bad person, though, too, right? <laughs> True. True. Yeah. No, you're right. That is Brandon is in the wrong, but it's always framed like he's in the right. Yeah. Right. That's really the and she just needs to find like an actual boyfriend who will be yeah. interested in her. Brandon's not I know that great. He's I'm pretty, sure she could but... find somebody, right? Right. Yeah. right. Find some nerdy so then, guys uh, and do old movies like her, and then they'll be happy. Maybe take a dork in a cowboy hat with yeah. nothing else to do. <laughs> Speaking of the dork in a cowboy hat. Uh, after the ceremony's over, David's filming the uh, the cools, um, aka the the main characters up on the stage, like just kind of riffing uh, in an effort to get, I don't get B roll and color commentary for his his video he's making. Uh, and then his dorky friend Scott Scanlon in his giant ten gallon hat <laughs> uh, come up behind him, and he talks about a man on the street interview that they had done earlier, and David's mm-hmm. like. Dude, 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 I'm trying to be with the cool kids right now. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, is So Scott was in the first season, right? Was yes. he? Wow. I thought they just won and dunned him. Okay. <laughs> but, no, 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 no. Scott was, yeah, he was a, a regular cast member up until this point. Shit. Did yeah, you like so him, Austin? Was he in the second season, too, showing up? Yes. Okay. Yep. So the basically the way it worked was... Um, when the show started, David was the screech Ooh, of 90210. Okay. But because this show was realistic, they didn't have Screech actually hanging out with the cool kids. Wow. They had him like observing the cool kids from afar and wishing he could be part of the cool kids. Wow. But you can't have a character like that by themselves in a TV show because like you need someone for them to talk to and be like Boy, that blonde is super hot. Mm-hmm. I want to get with her and be a creep. That makes uh, it so okay. Scott, yeah. mm-hmm. So Scott was David's best friend, and they were both like these dorky, one year younger than all of the cool kids, watching them from afar, trying to ingratiate themselves. You know, Brenda has a slumber party, and then they get caught like outside the window trying to, you know, get into the party, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then. In the summer break between the first season and the second season, when when they did their like nine hundred two and zero summer episodes, which was a big deal at the time, Kelly's coke fiend mom oh. and David's or d- dental dad yeah. end up <laughs> oral dad dating. He's an oral dad. Yes, he's an Dang. oral dad. They end up dating, and then that forces Kelly to hang out with David, and that begins his gradual assimilation into the cool kids. <laughs> and then as that happens, he just leaves Scott behind. And his wow, final thanks, step dad. is to off his friend, right? <laughs> yep. We only see what happens from David's perspective. Is that just what he was telling the police happened? Did anyone <laughs> right? check his hands right? for gunpowder? That's all I'm saying. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I think he really owes his oral dentist dad some 
points for going down on that mom until he was able to be into the friend group. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right? Thanks, Dad. Um, and so then when they came back from, like, summer vacation, the idea was basically, like, Scott went to his uncle's in Oklahoma, and then he came back and was into big hats and country music <laughs> and guns. And then that just, you know... They had this summer apart, and when they came back, David was suddenly cool, and Scott was even dorkier than ever, and how are they still <laughs> going to be friends? Oh, we'll make it work, and then they don't. Wow, that's kind of realistic. Yeah. Right, see, I mean, it's like, it's realistic, like, yeah. it's a little heavy-handed it's, and yeah. broad, but it's not totally outside the realm of possible. I did find his hat dorky immediately, but, I mean, when yeah. else are you going to wear a dorky hat? Life is short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott's That's a bit a of a doofus. Let's let's put it <laughs> right, right. He doesn't have a lot of redeeming so, qualities, although he does seem like a nice guy. I'll put it that way. He didn't seem right, right. So then, uh, next scene: David is coming out of school, and he gets accosted by Scott's very intense mom, yeah. who wants David's help to throw Scott a surprise party for him for his upcoming sixteenth birthday. I didn't know how to read this at first. Like, it seemed like almost they were dating. She's asking so much emotionally out of him. Yeah. Yeah, that becomes a a, a thing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her emotional demands on David. More and more. At this point, I'm trying to decide who I like in this whole mm. thing. Do I like David? Do oh. I like Scott? Do I like his mom? And really, it's neither <laughs> for different reasons. Scott right, seemed a little... Right. well. Scott actually grows on me in this episode, aside from some stupidity and obviously <laughs> something else. But... <laughs> the big stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. It's pretty funny. But, like, part of it's, like, as a parent, you have to realize when your kids are uncool. And that's not necessarily... <laughs> a... well, <laughs> or unpopular, oh, right. I should say. You're totally right. You're not wrong. And, and, and I'm just saying, like... And some of this comes from personal experience. I don't want to go deep down in my own well here and start trudging up a past <laughs> memory. But I didn't have a birthday party since from like sixth grade to like tenth grade, I think. Pretty much because I either wasn't popular enough or at least perceived myself not to be popular enough to have a birthday party. And and it's not like my parents forced me to do it because that'd be the exact wrong answer to the situation. Like, right. If you feel like your child needs friends and if you feel like they don't have enough friends, then I think there are avenues to try to find out what their interests are, put them in those activities and hope they can like bond with people in them, but you can't force friends upon them and you can't, and you should also not equate more friends with better than just having a few good friends too. So I don't know. I feel like trying to force David into bringing over some random people to, like, pretend like they're his friends is not the answer. And so either she's deluding herself into thinking he has a lot of friends, which is its own problem, or she knows he doesn't and is making matters worse by trying to get non-friends over at a birthday party. Yeah, my my read on it is that she is oblivious Mm -hmm. to the fact that Scott just doesn't have a lot of friends. And that asking David to get twenty five of them to come <laughs> over to to their to her house on like two days notice on the weekend of the quote big yeah, game. We don't even know what game this is, right? It's only ever I called the yeah. big game. It's so great. Um, 
But that's just, I mean, like, that's a big ask for even, like, cool kids yeah, to I know, be, like, I know. <laughs> get 25 kids to come to this place on a Saturday two days from now. Like, yeah, the idea, I think she's supposed to be, she's just very clueless. Yeah, and that's its I own like... form of bad parenting or not realizing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I like how obsessed the school is with this whatever version of Golden Six they are. The golden yeah, gods of this school. <laughs> the, coo- the cools. Yeah, the cools. Yeah. And that even the mom, like, she's just allowed to go to the school as much as she wants to boss around this young boy about her young boy. And, like, get these cools at my kid's party or he's going <laughs> to fucking kill himself, you little bitch. She's allowed to do this. Oh, different times, right? Different times. <laughs> Easier days. So yeah, David spends the next scene trying to get some people to come to the party, <laughs> and uh, uh, no one, no one is biting. And um, then he he gives he gives Scott control of uh, of the high school DJ booth. You know, as as all high schools have, you know, gym ca- gym cafeteria theater dj booth so I, I, um, well a, <laughs> i have a lot of questions like when do, when does <laughs> when does the music for this booth play during school uh whenever <laughs> fox needs to get some licensed promotionally mandated music to play over scenes of 30 somethings wandering around a hallway <laughs> and like does david go to class or is he just like the school dj <laughs> he's studying <Yes>. dj <laughs> all day <laughs> and like where does uh, it yes, play yeah. does it does everyone have to tune in on the radio just during class the loud, to this or? <laughs> it's just over the loudspeaker loud all day they just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like later in the episode when he goes on his like rant yeah, and everyone's listening it's like that but with music <laughs> so you can't escape <laughs> the radio station of him playing no music. you cannot <laughs> And uh, and there's some episodes where they're listening in the car, so it it has at least enough power that you can pick it up on some kind of station, like outside wow. the immediate vicinity of the school. Yeah, it's really very pump up the jam because I just watched Pump Up the Jam with Christian Splinter from 1990, and it's a lot like that, you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like uh, the you know the Bayside radio station, I except know. it's in like every episode instead of just two. <laughs> I am also confused at why this is a great present for Scott, which to me would just be like mortifying to suddenly just be handed the reins of a radio station without preparation <laughs> at all. Just be like, here you go, and be like, uh, what? How do you play music? What what am I supposed to say? Like. Happy birthday, asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy birthday, asshole. I'm taking a break. <laughs> I'm going to class for a day. <laughs> I'm going to learn math today. <laughs> so, yeah. David David puts Scott in charge of the of the music, and then he tries to get the cools to go to the party. Uh, but Donna is the only one who agrees to go. She's pure of heart. Uh, everybody, see. Yeah, Steve's mm-hmm. like, I don't like surprise parties. And, uh, <laughs> Kelly's like, I'm entirely too hot to go to this loser's party. Mm-hmm. And Dylan's like, I'm going to go surfing up in Baja this weekend. Bastard. Which, I mean, he can get away with it. And so I like to think that Dylan just says that whenever there's something he doesn't want to do. And he's really just back at his house, not surfing, but also the house not he lives doing at alone whatever. at, like most high schoolers <laughs> yes, do. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I forget if he's in that house at this point yet or not. He's got to be. 
Maybe not. I don't know. He's just couch surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he did. He spent the, the previous summer with couch surfing. I, I no, love how much, summer. How I much know. you know about this series, Austin. Way to go. <laughs> <sighs> I watched it a lot in my younger days. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we go to Scott's house. Uh, which is decorated like a kid's party. I know. Like, there's balloons. This is where and, like, this which mom, is again, like, I don't know. Yeah, she's just she's clueless, kind of a thing. Um, and we get a we get a little foreshadowy moment where some goony kid is telling Scott's dad that he hears he's got some wicked cool new guns in his collection, and Scott's dad is like, "Guns aren't toys." They're weapons, is They're what he weapons. says. Remember that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if guns are weapons, why did you have to buy two more? <laughs> Presuming you already <laughs> have some. Like, how many weapons do you need if you can only, like, two? you only have two hands, man. So I don't know why you need more weapons. <laughs> That's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Because once guys start buying guns, you, like, have to make them stop. <laughs> I know. Well, I know it's not. <laughs> you're not wrong, Carolyn. I'm just pointing out the flaw <laughs> and being like, they're not toys. And I'm like, but you're collecting them like toys, you know? Like, if they're supposed to be functional, right. you don't need 50 of them. Right, right. And there's also some good foreshadowing where a balloon pops. Yeah, yes, some freaks. So some of a, a contingent of the cool kids show up. And then balloon pops, and Steve's like, "That's I just can't handle the surprise party." Um, <laughs> you're just like, "Settle the fuck down, Steve." Uh, well, Steve first he gets PTSD? scared because they thought it was Scott coming home. Yeah, they so do they, the old like, "Oh, they're surprise. coming home," and then Steve didn't like that surprise, and then the balloon <laughs> pops, and that was one too many jump scares for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> What's his deal? I love the fact that so. They need Scott's dad here to to set up the gun stuff. Yeah. And then they need Scott's mom to get all like uppity and bitchy about the surprise <laughs> getting ruined. Mm. And so then you but then when you stop and think about it, you're like, wait, so you sent your son out to dinner on his sixteenth birthday <laughs> without his parents? Yeah. I know. Like <laughs> Like he didn't get suspicious. Like neither his parents nor his like apparent best friend David Silver. Like, I get that I get the feeling that's a common occurrence for Scott. In his life, right? <laughs> Go get pizza alone. alone. Goodbye. <laughs> he's no one not, likes you, honey. He's not a part of the cool crowd in the family either. Let's move Oh, on. no. <laughs> is the mom cool? Because she is such an irritating character. I wow. Know, I know. Just, yeah. Yeah. But she I probably she is co- cool in her own family. Anyways. Yeah, she comes, back la- she comes back later and is not better. Oh, no. Uh, well, she was frankly tolerable yeah. in, like, the last scene, I think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. At the very like mm-hmm. her last one with David, yeah, doesn't make up for it. I, so I mean, then, she kind of is. Never mind. <laughs> we'll get there. So then Brandon and Emily come around from like the back of the house for some reason. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like wandering through neighbor like backyards, I guess, <laughs> to try to find this house. Well, they had to keep stopping and, to make uh, out and finding weird places blah, to do blah, it. You know? blah, blah. Right, hop into some bushes to <laughs> rut like rabbits. Um, and then they show up, of course, right when Scott pulls up and ruins the surprise. Yeah, but then they're like. You're like, oh, that's not the surprise. And he starts to move. And then the car shows up. I'm like, I feel like you still have time to get around the corner there. like, Right, to just go back where you yeah. came from and scoot. Yeah. I feel like Scott's yeah. probably they, they, focused on parking and whatnot and not mm-hmm. too worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of give there. up a little. Yeah. 
They give up easily. Mm. Uh, but Scott doesn't care that the surprise is ruined. He's just happy that the cools are at his party. <laughs> which is... Which does not ring true to me, which would be if I if I had a surprise party and it's just a bunch of people I have no like relation with, I'd just be like, uh super uncomfortable and awkward and not sure what to say because there's a whole bunch of people who I don't have anything in common with, but I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Now, at the same time I have to admit if there's a bunch of hot women I had nothing in common with, I might be a little <laughs> more forgiving yeah, in that situation, you know. You know who? Spoiler alert! Make a little, maybe make a little David sandwich yeah, exactly. later during the, <laughs> during the dance lessons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dance. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Scott's mom is uh, is bitchy about how the cools, about how the kids that she made David bring to this party then ruined the surprise party. Yeah. I but then David is a bitch about how when he complains about how Scott's not even cool. <laughs> and of course, he does this right in front of Scott. Yeah, does right. old, like, yeah and then Scott's 10-gallon hat deflates. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, kind of, but... I will, this is what I'll say about Scott, is he seemed a bit self-aware this entire time, which I guess endeared uh-huh. me to him a little. And that we did kind of right. miss a scene where scott asked david to come to dinner with him on his birthday yeah and then before he gives him control of the dj booth and then david yeah brushes him off mainly because he's it's the surprise party right i guess is the main reason but then scott's like oh yeah that's fine kind of knowing that like now david's too cool for him too but he's not gonna like push the issue or try to make david feel bad about it or anything which Right. I guess. Right. Won me over a little to Scott's side, so... Yeah. And then, then here he seemed pretty accepting that these cool kids were there, but he's still kind of the lame kid, I guess, is where I'm going with. Right. I did like how he knew his place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we go inside the party, Ooh. and Mrs. Scanlon's like, we limbo! <laughs> I was hoping that's like, when, uh, say it like that's that. When that's when all the cools decide that this is it. They've had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but then David turns the party into an awkward 90s <laughs> dance party with some inoffensive R&B music. And uh, he he helps. He gets everybody to, like, teach Scott how to dance because he's got no rhythm. And I guess, like, this wins Scott back over from the whole you're not even cool tirade earlier and well right. once you get a couple hot ladies to put you in a sandwich right because then kelly and he is in the meat of that sandwich yeah. now was this a more realistic show because the teens did not think that limbo was cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, I'm, I'm confused on the teens stance on limbo now <laughs> what do these 30 year old teens want to do they the... just want to bump and grind i get it i know i think a limboing could happen at a high school party even a cool kids high school party the problem was it's the mom <laughs> instigating it with a whole yeah. bunch of like elementary school kids there too which there made it all are. very uncool like and a broomstick right. is the limbo pole it's not like a special like mm-hmm. pineapple looking fucking pole the, yeah the problem is that mrs scalen doesn't understand that when you reach a certain age like you never don't want to party but you reach a certain age where it goes where you have to start having like the friend party and the family party. yeah exactly where it's like true. you know, I know you have your family problem, with like yeah. 
you know, your brood of siblings and your cousins mm-hmm. and maybe some of your mom's friends and their kids come over and you do the cake and the ice cream yeah. and the stupid game. Like, even when you're 16, you're like, whatever, I'll put up with this. I get presents. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's family. That's what you do. But then you also have the party where, like, your cool friends come over yeah, and the parents so. and the family aren't there and you dance and whatever. This Saturday night party should have been just the high schoolers in the basement. With right. no 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 one else around, right? Except the parents come down just to make sure no one's naked every once in a while, right? Yeah, right. exactly. And then they could have made out in the basement. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you hear the footsteps, and then you all like act like you you weren't touching each other's privates. Uh, right. The then the family party should have been that Sunday afternoon, right? Like, right. Exactly. And that's exactly. where, you, or that Sunday night or something. And then you have your cake and mm-hmm. ice cream and all that fun stuff, and that's that's how you're supposed to do it. You can't mix it. Because then the high schoolers aren't going to have fun. And right. still. Yep. Uh, so yeah, during the during the dance party, the famously does not dance Brandon uh, steals <laughs> off with Emily well, because they're just completely horned up. I was just going to ask you a quick, Austin. Do you think like Brian Austin Green has it in his contract that he gets to dance once per episode? <laughs> I would be really curious to go through the episodes now and see if that holds true, because it may very well be the case. Because I feel like he really loves himself some dancing and thinks he's very good at it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're we're well into his his whole, like, <laughs> Vanilla Ice yeah, arc here. At this oh, point. That's he's like Vanilla Ice on. Light, and that's not a great place to yeah. be when I think about it. Yeah, by the... By the time they, I guess it's by the end of their first year of college, he's going off to tour with Babyface. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and that's after he has to leave his recording session for his record deal to attend Dylan's dad's funeral in the episode that Carolyn and I, I discussed earlier, <laughs> earlier in our show's run. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll point out that the cool kids were already trying to leave, and then David kind of saves it with this dance party. But mm-hmm. obviously, this party's already on its last legs. But that's not fast enough for Brandon, apparently. And so now <laughs> he just has to get his lips on his girlfriend, and so he's going to find yep. any way to do it. So they sneak out, thinking it's doesn't it just feel super awkward to just go into some random kid's bedroom to go make out like. Whoa, these pictures of dinosaurs are really turning me on. <laughs> of this family I'd never known and have no idea who this kid is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you got a horned up sex genie on your arm, you, you get it wherever you can, I guess. <laughs> I'm just saying they it sounds really like he had plenty out. of opportunity to get it, like, before and after. Like, you could have stopped for this, like, 15 minutes more before the party ends at 8.45 right, or whenever right. it was going to be. Well... They get caught making out in Scott's <laughs> little brother's room. And uh, <laughs> and they feel like they're the ones who are grieved here. <laughs> who, are, who are wronged yes. here, yes. They're very much presented as, like, the wronged by, like, Scott's stupid mom won't let us make out in her son's room, so we have to leave now. It's not your <laughs> fault, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the mom's like, fault. Yeah. <laughs> Get over yourself, you privileged sons of bitches. Like, <laughs> when you're that hot, you let people, they let you make out wherever you want. When they left, the kids were like, I wish the hot people were still making out here. Like, mm. they say that. 
Yeah, the kid. The kid's like, I wish those. Yeah, I know. Come <laughs> yeah. in my room. The cool kid's power of coolness immediately makes an impression yeah. upon like everybody they like come in contact like, with. Like whoever's in their you her hand up her shorts. Yeah, I, I want to see more. I want to see where that was going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Brandon and Emily get kicked out, and then all the cools. Take yeah, that and then as everyone their, else is like, "Well, Brandon's leave. not here. We're leaving too." I'm like, "Brandon's not that cool. You guys don't. You, <laughs> <laughs> you really don't You're need dying. to be where the Brandon. They're just gonna be making out in a booth at the beach, babe. You really just want to sit right. to be around that, you know?" Yep, yep. But David stays behind. Yeah, he so, decides he's going to I'm saying everyone's stick leaving, and then it feels like the right solution, even though Scott's mother would probably have a shit fit, is invite Scott out too, right? Like, being like, all right, we'll right. get out. Right. Scott, you want to come with? Yeah. And So now you're kind of having that, quote, basement party, but it's just going to be at the Peach Pit, which will be a little, you know, where you're hanging out there. Yeah. But <laughs> no, they never even think to invite uh, Scott, and then it's just up to David whether he wants to go with the cool kids or stay with Scott, but then he decides to stay with Scott. And... Yeah, and Mrs. Scanlon wouldn't let him go with the cools anyway, Yeah, because they still have to do the cake, David. I know, I know, I know. So then they gotta go light the candles for the cake, but nobody <laughs> has any matches. I was also gonna so say, that... Donna could have stayed too, right? Like, there's nothing that she had to go to the peach pit banana. No, no, they, they, she gets a moment where, like, she almost might stay, and David's like, no, nah, it's cool. But it's the cool kids. <laughs> it's because all those kids were wearing two-ounce party hats. They re- She really thought about staying because of those cool little party hats. Mm-hmm. Those were cool but party no. hats. I like them. They were dorky, but that's why I like them. Oh, like you know. little green cowboy hats, because the guy likes cowboy hats now. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a cowboy St. Patrick's Day hat. <laughs> yes. super weird. <laughs> Don't be surprised if next St. Patrick's Day I'm not wearing one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, please wear a tiny green hat when you drink twenty drinks next year, David. Please, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, if you find one, send it to me. Done. <laughs> so yeah, it's cake time. And yeah. we need some candles lit. And Scott, who's the fucking birthday boy, is like, I'll go get the matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he well, goes he into his lighter, dad's room. Right? Isn't that it? Or... Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll go get a lighter. And so he goes into his dad's office. And he gets kind of excited. He's, like, trying to open the drawer and it's locked. And then he, like, finds the key, which great fucking job, Scott's dad. <laughs> uh, and and I don't know why Scott is like, oh, I bet my dad keeps this otherwise innocuous lighter in a locked drawer. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Uh, he unlocks the drawer and then gets all excited because he finds a gun in his dad's drawer. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this will be fine. <laughs> this yeah, is where I'm like, Scott yeah. seems kind of like a simple person, right? He's pretty dopey and looks like, <laughs> task here. You're supposed to get a lighter. Like, if you want to play with the gun, there'll be plenty of times to play with the gun later. But right, right. Oh, it's like no, shiny object. I got to... <laughs> Uh, zero yeah. attention span here. I don't think you ever see Scott as excited in the run of the show as he was when he opened that drawer and saw that gun. I think he's planning to shoot the candles on. That works, right? Yeah, I know. He's planning to <laughs> kick <laughs> this party <laughs> up a notch, right? Still, everybody. <laughs> Hold the uh, fuck still. Seriously. <laughs> and you so would think David... that he's at the age that his dad should have taught him about gun safety in some form. Seriously. Well, like, his uh-huh. whole arc is supposed to be that, like, he went to Oklahoma and fell in love with guns, like, shooting mm-hmm. with his, like, rancher uncle or whatever. You'd think that that would have come with a fair <laughs> amount of gun safety and mm-hmm. gun respect. And 
Uh, instead, David comes in and he's like, Scott, let's go do this birthday thing. And Scott's like, oh, look at this cool fucking <laughs> Robocop thing I can do. Yeah. And spins the fucking gun on his finger and then it falls to the ground and then it goes off. Yeah. Well, Terrible. It falls onto the desk, I assume, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Ground and I, desk. Yeah, it, and A, I'm not really necessarily a fan of guns. And, uh,. I'm not a gun expert, but one thing I do know is they really don't discharge when dropped because that would be an incredible fault in them that most gun owners would not tolerate if any time it fell onto the ground, suddenly you shoot yourself. So just not a thing. They're built sturdier. Yeah. Also, Scott's dad, maybe don't keep a loaded <laughs> gun with the safety off. Yeah, like, it's not like we ever see Scott like disengage the yeah. safety before he does his fucking robocop thing um but yes the gun goes off and we zoom in on david's face as he grabs his his head and shrieks in horror and we get like like, question who got shot in this uh it's a good question i i mean i I can't (laughs) but we already we already knew though right like right but i and i never have and i feel like the first time i watched it i didn't but Maybe I should have. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, was There's that the intention big... or not? Yeah, yeah. It's framed very much from David's perspective, so I feel like they're trying to create the impression that like you're watching David react to this, and yeah. it's not like a question. This of... is the statement he made to the police, and not necessarily what right. actually happened when he realized that Scott was <laughs> the one thing holding him back from being cool. But you know. <laughs> And he's like, he sees the gun, and he's like, this is it. This is my moment. It's never going to be any better than this. I've got to take it. It's now or never. All the cools just left. I know. I mean, I'm right. I'm hanging by a thread here. That makes a lot of sense. I'll get a lot of sympathy yeah. here. You know, it'll win me some right? Right? points. I won't have to. I won't have to finish that video editing project that's hanging <laughs> over my head. I'll get a. I'll get a delay on that. It's win-win for David. I mean, Everyone's gonna say my name a lot. I'm gonna be in a hot girl sandwich. Yep. Yep. It's David Silver murderer. It's all Free hat. Yeah. yeah. Free hat. <laughs> Maybe I can store that sweet cowboy hat that I only tease him about because I'm jealous of. <laughs> it's a sweet ass hat. It's really big. So we get a smash cut back to the courtyard and the choir is singing again. I suppose that's supposed to be like cinematic or some shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) there's kind of a sad, funny moment where like Dylan has to be told who Scott even was. First of all, they're singing West Side Story, (laughs) which is kind of jarring for me, but that's the one. That's right. They were. They were singing somewhere. Somewhere. I know. There's like, there's a place for us. I'm like, who's us? It's just him. He's the one who died. Who's the us in this (laughs) equation? Every uh, Goonie nerd who dies. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, Dylan's like, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but who's Scott Scanlon? I'm like, he's like, I thought it was that kid standing over there, but it's clearly not. I'm like, yeah, you're right, Dylan. It's not that kid. <laughs> like, there weren't any pictures yeah. you could have looked at in this memorial or anything to know. <laughs> this episode is actually pretty funny. Like, <laughs> when they just say all these things they shouldn't say, they say them. Yeah, because when you're one of the cools, you just you say what's on the top of your tip, the tip of your tongue, and you've wow. no repercussions or anything. So that is cool. Um, they have a, Brenda reminds him of who Scott was, and she mentions that he was in Dylan's tech class, mm-hmm. which is in the second episode of the series <laughs> when we first meet Dylan. 
he comes in and a couple of like goony jocks are harassing Scott in the computer lab. And Brandon is like standing up trying to get the jocks away and they're not, you know, they don't give a shit about Brandon, but then too cool for school. Dylan rolls in and he's like, beat it you goons and they're like oh no it's dylan and they run <laughs> off and god's like thanks man so they actually called that back in a nice yeah. little bit of continuity here i wouldn't have known that that's a good tech class <laughs> yep so that made dylan look good but the fact that he completely forgot who scott was probably doesn't <laughs> reflect it kindly on dylan right, right it's just a tuesday for him he's a cool it was matter. the most important day of scott scanlon's <laughs> life but to dylan it was just a tuesday <laughs> and kelly of course has to make the whole thing about herself and how she feels and how it's upset her i mean she the one with an upset stomach and having yeah. diarrhea at the funeral <laughs> uh <laughs> I guess we get to it at the end. Like, in some ways, you can make fun of someone. I guess Kelly making it about herself is a little disingenuous because there's more people who are grieving. But I think when somebody passes, you have to realize it's more about the people who are still alive than the person who passed because you can't really do a whole lot for the person that's dead, which they kind of bring up at the end. But Yeah, yeah. But with Kelly, it's like, it probably should be more about the family and David and not you and your you know, flu or whatever you got going on. (laughs) (laughs) Then we cut to the really important stuff, which is what is the school paper going to do about this tragedy? (laughs) So how inconvenient this is, isn't it? Right. They, they have a deadline and now they've got to put out a special edition (laughs) of the paper because I mean, I don't know. They're not going to win the teen Pulitzer or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> they don't put out a special, you know, insert for this this breaking story. Mm-hmm. Headline: Goonie nerd dead, gun twirling. <laughs> and then, like in this, in the like smaller <laughs> print underneath the headline is like Goonie best friend under suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like he should be. Then they have to have a big picture. This is who died. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy hat nerd. Yeah. Cowboy hat nerd pictured at left. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Brandon and Audrey are bickering over how they're going to cover this story in the school newspaper. Uh, and then Andrea finds out that Brandon was making out at the party and got kicked out for it. Well, and then she tries to pretend like she's pissed because like now she's gonna have to go to the funeral because. Mrs. Scanlon won't want him there, but really she's just butthurt because he was making out with her. Well, she also wants to make it like an article about gun control, which I'm not the type of person who says you can't talk about solutions to a problem when they occur, like uh, mass shootings, but um, it seems a bit out of touch for like a... Like a (laughs) memorandum for a child, you know, like in a school newspaper, like... Like put right. that in your next issue of the paper, mm-hmm. not in the special memorial yeah. insert of <laughs> Yeah, of this the is supposed to be about the student, not like gun control, I guess. And of course, this is a right? bad example of it because you can easily turn it into just how you're supposed to store your guns and gun safety. Not that even though accidental shootings are part of the problem with gun proliferation, but no one wants to hear me pontificate. Well, he did have a lockbox, which is pretty good. He just hid the key with his yeah. pens. I don't and, know and how he that still stored unraveled. it loaded, but then it's like 
the more right. secure your gun is, then what good is it doing? Because you're supposed to use it for when burglars come, right. but if you can't access it, I don't know, there's a whole... But, but he did but have a lockbox, so but it was funny. a little weird that it was just in his desk and it loaded and apparently with a safety off that Right. <laughs> and with the key mere inches mm. from the lock and Yeah. And it is yeah. so funny how blunt everyone in, is in this universe. Like I can see that headline, like local teen dead because of bad gun dad yeah. pictured here. <laughs> like, that bald guy, like really roasting him. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Andrea, damn. <laughs> and of course there's the whole question of like how how big a contribution is your school newspaper really going to make to the gun control yeah, discussion but that's true of literally every story in this show involving the fucking school paper and i guess <laughs> maybe when uh i guess another way to put it because you know we mass shootings are such a topic these days like in those i don't begrudge politicians trying to come with up with solutions after it happens, because that's what you do when a problem occurs and you try, like, how do we not have it occur again? But if you're doing, like, a special insert in the local newspaper about somebody who died during a mass shooting, you don't suddenly just start talking about the politics of the situation. You're supposed to talk about the person and their life and what happened then. Right, so right. It's just right. what's the purpose of your story. And I think that, yeah, as we said, the memorial insert should be about Scott Scan- Scanlon. Is that it? Scanlon, no. yeah. See, I don't even know the kid's name, so that's a <laughs> I'm just a regular Dylan over here. <laughs> Who's this kid? You just got back from your Baja surfing trip and all of it. <laughs> so outside the funeral, Donna is the only one of the cools who shows up to be with David in his enormous 90s suit. <laughs> and I he... miss those suits. They're comfy, awesome. Get right? Back. And they were comfy, like, and you just, and I loved them because they just, they really hid your girth. <laughs> yeah, like, that's you put that thing. coat on, and there was like, you could fit like two people in there with you. <laughs> that's what you no think, one... but it just yeah. makes you look girthier, or just like your yeah, head is small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It really does make your head look small because your shoulders get like mm-hmm. extra wide from anyway. Uh, so David tells Donna about a dream that he has that ties in with the whole time capsule thing, where like. <laughs> He's back in 41, burying it in the middle of the night during the Pearl Harbor bombing. And I know it's like David's dream, so it doesn't have to make sense. But I'm not sure that whoever wrote that <laughs> line didn't realize that Pearl Harbor didn't happen at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bombing of it, at least. Uh, and then he like falls into the hole, but then he wakes up and he's like relieved that Scott is the one that was dead and not him. Uh, I mean, it's kind of survivor's guilt stuff, right? Yeah, it's that's basically what we're establishing here. And then Scott's mom shows up and basically like, steamrolls David into sitting with the family and introducing mm. him as like Scott's best friend, even of, despite David's you know repetitions throughout this whole episode about how he and Scott aren't even that close yeah, anymore. I mean, and yeah, Scott, Scott's mom is still being annoying, but it's a little easier to deal with because she's also grieving at this point, so it's harder right. to dock her too and many I points mean, when you're like yeah you're i hesitate i hesitate to call it smart writing but it's mm-hmm. at least like well constructed writing in that like the earlier scenes with her steamrolling david and like kind of being oblivious to the state of their sort of altered friendship mm-hmm. in the last year or two it then sets up the fact that now that scott's dead she re- like regresses even further yeah, back yeah 
And it's, you know, like later on, she's talking about like playing with transformers and stuff. It's, and it makes sense like based on what you saw of her earlier. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, this would be a understand, you know, uh, an expected reaction from her now in, in these circumstances. But I mean, and we'll see, I think maybe with both of them, I mean, and, but then at some point, even people who are grieving sometimes needs to get, need to be yelled at or like, you know, given the tough love sometimes of their being too selfish or mean or asshole like even if it's just in grief you're like at some point you got to be put in your place again right like that you right, can't just be an right. asshole your entire <laughs> this entire time i guess but we'll get to you it. tell that mom david you I tell know. her <laughs> david will tell anyone who needs to be told uh after the funeral brandon and dylan in their shiny dress shirts discuss death and Brandon tells us that he thinks God likes cool people and <laughs> like Scott. Yeah, they are so blunt. This episode is cracking me up. It's like, guess somebody up there likes me. Guess they don't like Scott. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, because Brandon says, Damn. what, that he nearly he, died three as times. Far as, he, yeah. Yeah. as far as he can tell, he, he could have died three times in his life. And the only thing he, the only reason he can figure out why he didn't is that somebody up there must like him, <laughs> which is like the most Brandon conclusion possible <laughs> to have come to. And when I was ten, I probably thought that was like deeply profound shit, mm-hmm. and like, oh my god, yeah, Brandon, someone's really watching out for him. But Dylan immediately <laughs> puts him in his place, though. <laughs> yeah, who I really should have latched on to, who was Dylan, who's like, well, if that's the case, then I guess no one liked Scott. Do you, do you realize how asinine that Everyone sounds? in heaven thought he was a dork, too. <laughs> well, then why did they call him up, right? Why didn't they take that hunk up? <laughs> yeah, if Brandon was so cool, you'd think everybody up at heaven who likes him would have wanted them to hang out with him. And frankly, all this would be... There's something weird about the fact that they have this conversation, and then at one point, angels, like, save them, right? What? There is a Christmas episode. Oh, shit. uh, Maybe you talked about this. uh, Well, it's not really a wonderful life pastiche, Mm -hmm. but there's a Christmas episode where, like, two two angels are trying to, like, keep them from getting in a horrific bus accident. Wow. And they fail to do so, but then... The Whoa. big dump truck that's supposed to crash into the bus magically just passes through it, and they're like, "It must have been the big guy that did it." <laughs> Whoa, Santa! Folks were left with the impression that like the nine hundred two and O gang was saved by the Lord. <laughs> I guess somebody does like him up there. Yeah, I know, and does it like the Scott? Christian God <laughs> saved the cool kids. <laughs> My other problem with this scene is that when they put these two handsomes on each other, I can't tell them apart. <laughs> they are very, I mean, they have like the same poof of the, of the yeah. hair and yeah. They're both improbably handsome and they're the same kind of improbably handsome. <laughs> right, right. Yes. We'd have to kiss uh, them to tell them apart. Of the, of the three instances of Brandon's near death experiences, um, obviously, we've never seen him almost drown when he was five years old, mm-hmm. but he mentions that time on the mountain with Dylan, which happened in the second season premiere, no. when they were all staying at a cabin and they went hiking and Brandon slipped off of a cliff and Dylan pulled him up wow. and saved him from 
falling to a grisly death. And then the other time he mentions that when he totaled Mondale, which was the name of his uh, beater car when he <laughs> first moved out to Beverly Hills, named in honor of Vice President Walter Mondale from like Minnesota, right. oh. who, rec- oh, okay. who recently passed away. Um, Just now? Damn. Yeah, yeah last week. Yeah, Damn last my. week as of, of this recording. Uh, that was in the very special drunk driving episode from nice. season one when uh, Brandon gets wasted and then goes driving off to get more booze and gets in a car accident and totals Mondale. It's okay, though. His dad yells at him, and then that summer he gets to buy, like, a cool Mustang. So he clearly learns his lesson. <laughs> at least he learns. Wow, so this show w- has some continuity. Wow. It does. There's a lot. I mean, this is one of the things I liked about it even as a kid is that it's, it is very, like, tightly woven and capable of referencing past events and things like that. Um, yes, he had to work really hard to get that car though. Like everyone else in Beverly Hills, their dads just bought them the car, (laughs) but Brandon was a martyr and worked at the peach pit to pay for it. So he really earned it. You guys, how well does the peach pit pay that you can afford a Mustang? Seriously. Not well enough. Cause then he goes and works at the beach club, the same beach club as the, as the, uh, uh, Malibu sand (laughs) gang. Over on Save by the Bell, he is did, it he the goes Summer Sands that. Club with Mr. Carosi? Wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes and works there in the summer, and that's where he makes the the extra money he needs to get the car on anyway. cocaine. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So back at school, all of the uh, all the cools are exceptionally nice and touchy with David, uh, except for Steve, who's like, <laughs> "So what was it like when the guts spilled out, man?" <laughs> My only note was Steve sucks. <laughs> 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 And then he's like, I, you, I, I can't imagine something like that happening. Well, I mean, I guess shit like that happens everywhere else. Just, you know, not here. <laughs> upper not class in, privilege university. Yeah, not, not around my <laughs> white privilege anyway. Dear. <laughs> and then Donna, like, genuinely asks how David's doing and he snaps at her, mm-hmm. which becomes kind of a running thing here. Uh, so then out the courtyard, Andre is going over her, her, uh, scathing gun control article with Brandon <laughs> and trying to get some feedback from him. But then he sees Emily from afar and all the blood rushes to his penis and he's no help at all. That's the problem with reporters. Right, right. They see one frictionless sex genie and suddenly it's just all penis, penis. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Redding like rabbits in other people's yards. They can only <laughs> they can only use one pen at a time, and it just depends on which one it is. Right? <laughs> which right, pen is right. mightier? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of rutting like rabbits, the next scene is basically just so that Brandon and Emily can make out, <laughs> yeah, and then Brandon's know. like. Should we be should we be making out while Scott's body is still warm and Emily's like people die put it in me. <laughs> yeah, she said like there's only one thing I want to do before I die and I assume they just this did had Brandon have sex before or is this like his He must yeah. have. Yeah. Brandon has had sex before. Um I don't know if we're supposed to I don't know if he's had sex with Emily before this and I don't even know if we're supposed to know that they had sex when they were dating. But this that's clearly what this is supposed to be. It's yeah. just like, there's only one thing I want to do before I die, and that's have sex. That I was also it. a little confused at the beginning of this scene, because Brenda's there, and they're just, like, making out, like, next to her. And she's like... <laughs> Look, David, when... <laughs> they went and made out in an eight-year-old's bedroom. You think they give two shits if his sister's on the couch next to him? I just want to know how this all started, because this was kind of in media res for us, and I'm like... 
did they all sit down nice and what why were they all sitting together were they they were watching mtv or something is that it and then that's what i i have to assume that like you know emily was over they were whatever and maybe i had dinner at the house and then like oh let's go watch some mtv the three of us like you might do and then uh <laughs> brandon and emily were like well it's been a solid 90 <laughs> seconds since we sucked each other's faces let's uh, get to that and the other problem i have is like so if they're all sitting down kind of nice and then they start making out. They seem to, like, make out towards Brenda, <laughs> where you feel like the obvious move would be to make out away, so you're not, like, on top of her, like, trying to hump, right? Well, there is there is a whole school of thought going on out there that there's some incestual subtext yeah, going maybe. on with some of the Brandon-Brenda stuff in the series, so uh, maybe this is further evidence of that. Or maybe it's their plot to get her out of the room, right? But, yeah. Right. right, if they had fallen away from her, <laughs> she may not have been disgusted enough to leave them be. So they're like, we need to just, like, horn up next to her. It's all right that you're a good, like, three away. feet away from me being on top of each other making out. Are you in or out? Which one is it? Let's right. go. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. A, unfortunately a real teenager thing where they will just start going hot and heavy and you gotta make a quick choice where you're at now with this situation you want it it, and you don't know when the next opportunity is gonna come i mean i'm just saying i think that's true for most teens but it seems like brandon and what's her name Uh, what's her name emily emily are finding multiple opportunities to do this so i don't know they seem to because they take every opportunity I just don't see parents around all that often is all I'm saying. That's true. Uh, And when they're around, they suck. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boo, parents. We don't even see the Walshes this episode, do we? No. I mean, the Walshes, they're regular cast members, and they last through season six, I think. Uh, Second year of college. So, yeah, that would be season six, which is way longer than they had any business sticking around (laughs) because... Even at this point in time, they've mostly given up on giving the parents any kind of, like, mm-hmm. plot line. Like, there's a couple episodes in the first season where it's like, ooh, is Cindy going to have an affair or <laughs> things like that? Um, but even by now, they've just kind of been like, they show up, they say some things. I mean, there's a, there's drama at the end of the season where, like, Jim forbids Brenda to date Dylan and they run off to Mexico and yeah, they're window. They're mostly window dressing, even at like se- halfway through season two, mm. which is kind of funny. Uh, David gets dropped off at school by his aforementioned uh, oral oral dad, mm. oral Thanks, dental dad. Oral dad. Uh, and then Scott's mom accosts him again. <laughs> she just like it's free like, reign of the whole school ground. Hanging out like she knows what Dory goes in or something, <laughs> and he's just like ready to pounce. Pops out. Wants him to come over so that she can give him uh, some of Scott's stuff. And then we get an, uh, like a repeat of the scene earlier where all of the cools and the principal and everybody are asking David how he's doing. But now mm. it's like a little bit different. And the principal's like, oh, well, we could have someone cut that video for you. And David says, well, I thought you said I could take all the time I needed. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that's cool. And, but that doesn't mean uh, you, and then he's, you still have to do it, though. You know? <laughs> Right, right. And uh, he snaps at Donna again, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, we're, we're seeing the descent of, of David here a bit. Um, Andrea walks into the newsroom, Brandon's got his tongue down Emily's throat, <laughs> and so Andrea promptly does a 180 and storms off, 
and then Brandon runs after her, and they argue about getting this fucking high school paper out like it's the goddamn New York Times <laughs> on 9-11. And uh, Andrea finally admits that she's mostly just jealous that Brandon's got his tongue down Emily's throat all the time. And yeah. then we're back in Scott's house, and Scott's mom is trying to give David Scott's stuff, like his Christmas stocking. Yeah, I know. That, that is super so weird. weird. I mean, it's weird, but obviously she's going through some shit, right? Like that's right. Yeah, right. but that's the yeah. kind of thing the mom should want. You would like think, this right? friend from what? being eight isn't gonna want his Christmas sock. What's he gonna do? Put a ghost of Christmas past <laughs> in it every year? Well, it's like this super awkward set up for as much as I may have subtly praised the writing mm-hmm. earlier for setting up his mom. Here we get the really awkward like Scott loved the Fourth of July, but really. <laughs> He liked all holidays. Here, take his Christmas stocking. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I wonder if it's important that he liked Fourth of July. Maybe that'll come back later. Um, and David's mom. So then David finally breaks down and is like, we're not. We weren't that close. We were drifting yeah. apart. You know, kind of gives her, like you said, David does the sort of, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying sometimes uh, you need some tough love, too, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he gives her, he gives that tough love. And, you know, it's kind of the slap when someone's just in a panic or whatever that you gotta snap out of it, you know. You can grieve, but you can't go crazy either, I guess. Right, right. This is where Scott's mom tries to give them the uh, Transformers that they played with when they were 11. Which, in which, retrospect, he should have taken. Yeah, yeah exactly. You yes. I want those right Transformers. Um, we'll also, them. I was also probably still playing with Transformers at 11. But also, <laughs> that really does just underscore how cool David and Scott weren't. <laughs> that they were still playing with Transformers uh, yeah, hour after hour, according to his mom, at 11. Like, I'm speaking from personal experience that that was you were like cool. You were, like, watching this show with your Transformers, like, these guys are lame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I was probably literally still playing with Transformers when I watched this episode for the first time. Um also, there is a big inflatable gun <gasps> hanging over Scott's bed in this scene, <laughs> which is like, I guess, you know, symbolic, but also like, <laughs> who has inflated? Like, yeah, it, I know. it's like the thing you get at like a, a fair or a carnival. It like, wouldn't the last inflatable... too long, right? Like, it had to be a put up. Like, it might. Like is but, it a balloon or like rubber? It depends on the no, material. No, it's it's like a like a yeah, it's like a rubber like with the little, um, like air mattress yeah. kind of thing where you wow. blow into it and it inflates like an inflatable. Um, but I it's just want like one. you you're so into guns that you put an inflatable <laughs> like pistol over your bed. That's Do just... you think he spooned that at night? Yes, now okay. I do. See, that's why. Yeah, it's really, it was super weird when I noticed that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we are now back to school. David is trying to edit the time capsule video, uh, and he is a snarky bitch to Donna some more. Mm-hmm. And Donna's like, look, dumb shit. I'm just trying to be nice to you. Um, well, this is the other part maybe. where you just have to give the tough love to. Like, if he's going to, he has to stop <laughs> snapping at people at some point, so... He needs to be right, yelled at. He right. needs to be yelled at. That's all I'm saying. So she rightly calls him out on that. Mm-hmm. She somewhat wrongly points out that he wouldn't even be sniffing the same air as the cools if not for her. Yeah, I know. Is... That's probably not a 
maybe <laughs> not the right time for that. Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, time he learned. He needs to learn his place like Scott did before he married that guy. Uh, he does. I just don't know if now's the time for that. It's time. <laughs> and there is some truth to that as well. Like that was part of Donna was kind of was nicer to David than everyone else. Mm. And you could kind of see the start of their relationship and that helped smooth his transition into the cools at so, this point. So he's editing in his little DJ booth, right? Like I do. I don't, have know, to if sh- oh, no. I don't know if it's the DJ. I don't know. It may I be do it. have to shout out the DJ booth's big fishbone sticker. Like that really brought me to the era. Oh, that's true. It may have very well been in the, yeah, in the booth. Yeah. I think it's, it's a multimedia closet yeah. that he is in instead of going to class. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I will right. note that like, so he does when he's editing it, this is before she comes in or was it after where he sees the scene with him and Scott? It's after. Okay. Yeah. Well, so she leaves yeah. and then, yeah, so she leaves and then he goes back to the editing, and all of a sudden, you hear, like from off camera, you hear Scott's voice, and then you realize that this is the like man on the street interview mm-hmm. that Scott referenced having done at the very beginning of the episode. And so we watch the video of like David and Scott, and they're you know they're goofing around, and you can you kind of get the sense that for all that David spent this episode talking about how far apart he and Scott had drifted, they were still like yeah friends. that's what they still had like that they still had that history together where they could just sort of you know yeah. warmly goof around yeah, with one you another know, give each other a little bit of shit but uh, yeah because that's what kind of occurred to me was like i was expecting the interview to just be david shitting on scott some more and then it turned out i'm like oh they just kind of had some fun together like he was a little mean to him at the start but then they still just kind of laughed about it and i'm like it seemed like a good reflection of how generally in our memories we're neither as good or as bad as we think we are yeah yeah no that's well said we're just um, usually yeah that was somewhere in the middle right i guess yeah yeah that was a it was a nice scene um but he seemed to just take it he seemed to take it as he was just an asshole still Manana. right right uh, then we cut back out to the hallway where Brandon and Emily are humping their way down the hall, and Andrea <laughs> basically like just hip checks them as she walks by, which is kind of awesome. You go, uh, girl. <laughs> and so then like Brandon goes up to her, like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're cool, we're cool. I just want my, I want that interview for my fucking paper. <laughs> it's so goddamn important." Yeah, she takes the deadline seriously. Mm-hmm. Look, she's not going to win the high school Pulitzer if you don't meet deadlines, Carolyn. <laughs> she's not going to profit she's off the get... death of a student with, with without right? these uh, interviews. She's going to get into Yale one way or another, and if she has to like run roughshod over a fellow student's tragic death to get there, so be it. <laughs> it's our big chance. So Brandon, so Brandon tries to get the aforementioned interview, and uh, this finally pushes David to the limit, and he snaps. And points out how, for all the talk of, you know, special newspaper inserts and everyone asking him how he is, no one gave a shit about Scott uh, until he died, including David himself. And he goes on this tirade after bumping the microphone button in the DJ booth. So this is being broadcast to the entire school. And Brandon's like, 
dude, you're not going to be cool <laughs> if you put this raw display of emotion out into the world mm-hmm. for everyone to hear. And David's like, I don't fucking care who hears this, you <laughs> jag off. And uh, continues to rant, and he says that it doesn't matter what you say about someone when they're gone. It matters what you say to them when they're here. I think that's pretty poignant. I will put it yeah. that way. Like I, that's a, I think... As very special lessons go, that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. It's just, you don't get any do-overs. <laughs> like, with once a person's right. gone, they're gone, right? And you can't, no yep. matter what you do yep. after they're dead, doesn't really make up for what happened while they're alive, so. Yeah. Even if you win good. a high school Pulitzer. Yeah. Right? I guess it's good Dustin Diamond didn't actually listen to our podcasts. That, that, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> that being said, there's nothing wrong with giving a dead person an Oscar. You could go ahead and do that if you really want it. <laughs> Dustin Diamond for the Oscar. Let's go. Uh, keeping us in the zeitgeist, David. Yeah, I like no. it. Well, this is going to be a month after. Uh... I know. <laughs> I know. Every, everyone will have forgotten about it by then, but we'll always remember. I'll remember. It was an uh, easy win for the Oscars, and they screwed it up <laughs> once again. Which one was it? Uh, Chadwick Boseman didn't win Best Actor. Yeah. But they gave him a um, a non fungible token. Yeah, I know. Well, they had one prepared the environment. for his inevitable win. That didn't happen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, David goes back to Scott's house to get something from his mom, and he gives her the video, and it's a nice scene. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and the mom seems like, like I said, it's almost like David's outburst kind of helped write the mom too in a mental a better mental space about right. what was going on and right and so when she came over she's actually you know in some respects you're expecting her to be super bitchy to david but in, she's kind of the opposite she's being more respectful of him and his time and his place and his needs as well as her own right but, yep 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 and they do it all super secret. Like, she gives him something that yeah, seems like she would want to remember him. And this is what I'm like, it's the gun. It's the gun. It's the gun. She's giving him the murder gun. He wanted it. He's got it. Well, what's funny is I figured what it was. And she's like, you know, he'd love for you to have it. I'm like, to bury in the ground? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's dead, just like him. Yeah. Yes, they do keep it. They do keep whatever she hands him off panel. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the inflatable gun. <laughs> yeah, from his room. He's like, here you go, carrying it like awkwardly in her. <laughs> it's the Transformers. He's like, these are going to be worth so much money. <laughs> <laughs> eBay's going to get invented. <laughs> so then I guess the Cools have taken over the Time Capsule Project. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> They're the it's, only it's one. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a little unclear if, like, this was... School sanctioned? So they, they dug up... Yeah, like, they dug up the 50-year-old capsule. And then, like, there's, at one point earlier in the episode, the the main characters are, like, gathered around the, the, like, trophy case where they've put the artifacts from the time capsule sort of a thing. And so here, they're basically filling the time capsule. And then they put it in the ground and, you know, and then rebury it. And I'm just... I've never been terribly clear if, like, that was the plan all along. <laughs> Like, if that was part of this whole process, like, we're going to dig up the old one and then put in a new one as a school. If that was the plan all along, was it always supposed to be just the main <laughs> characters of this TV show? that like They knew who the cool kids plan? and who people would want to hear from in 50 years. And right. if it wasn't, 
are they going to get in? Well, I mean, of course they're not going to get in trouble, but like, is there some like, you know, dorky kid who is the president of the time capsule project who comes into school the next day and is like, wait, what the fuck do you mean it got buried in the ground? What did they put in it? <laughs> they well, put a Corvette keychain in there? What the fuck? The That's problem, not even thoughtful. The problem with an unsanctioned time capsule is you need somebody to know to dig it up in 50 years and so no one knows about it. <laughs> right, right. So it must be a sanctioned one. So then I'm back to thinking that they just like took this over for their own purposes i mean is that really out of character for them no it wouldn't be out of character at all for 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 the cools here or for the golden six yeah, exactly. or any, i mean right. every, yeah every i mean the only 50 years the coolest kids get to put whatever garbage <laughs> they have in their pockets in a capsule hey. for the future that minnesota twins t-shirt was not garbage i can tell you that much. <laughs> i have things to say about that data um <laughs> I feel like all they would have needed to do was at the very beginning of the episode when they had Brandon and Andrea up on the the platform. Yeah. Like establish at that point that like they were in charge of the time capsule project. And like like, you could establish that other things are the student liaisons leading this thing or whatever. You could establish that other (laughs) people have put it in it and they're just burying it and they're just kind of adding some extra at the end. Right. But then. Right. So the idea is, you know, they put in the, I guess, normal things and then everybody puts in something like personal to them. Uh, Andrea puts in a copy of her fucking newspaper (laughs) 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 on on recycled news on recycled paper. Uh Uh, And then she puts in a floppy disk with a copy of the newspaper on it. Uh, and to her Damn. credit, she says that it will probably be primitive tech in 50 years. Mm-hmm. She's right about that, but it only takes about 15 mm-hmm. for that to become primitive <laughs> tech uh, at that point. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve throws in a, a uh, Corvette keychain. <laughs> fucking Steve. Because he's a fucking moron. <laughs> Uh, Donna puts in like spandex. Yeah, because <laughs> like, spandex. Yeah, he's like in the forties. They put in nylons, so today we have lycra spandex. So she, it, but it's like a bolt of fabric. Like it's not a <laughs> yeah, like, I know. a pair of you know tights or something. It's like this. Bolt As in, of we don't have like nylon fabric now or whatever. <laughs> like right, right. Like it's the style, uh, and then not yes, the fabric that we get. Brenda puts in a twins minnesota twins t-shirt mm-hmm. uh because she's from minnesota brought a tear to my and eye and yes it brought you <laughs> it brought a tear to my eye as well you know why david <laughs> because that's the last time any minnesota sports team ever did anything i looked it up and this episode aired november 7th uh-huh. 1991 yep. which nice. was 10 days after <laughs> the greatest game seven <laughs> In a World Series Uh, of all time, mm -hmm. in which the Twins won, and no Minnesota sports team has won a basically done shit since you know since then. (laughs) Bury that win. Have you been to a championship since then? Not in men's sports. Nope. Yes, in men's sports. Yes. Uh, Dylan puts in a container of surfboard wax (laughs) because of the waves hitting the tide. It represents the unending eternal crashing of the waves against the ocean, which is just eye rollingly (laughs) Dylan. I mean, it is. (laughs) Well, see, my point is like the idea that like you could think of like the ocean and the waves and like the earth and how minute 50 years is compared to that, but how long it is compared to humans. And there's, interesting things you can think about that i don't think anyone's actually going to get that from surfboard wax they're just going to be like right oh they were into surfing back in the 90s (laughs) 
Oh, it's cute that the oceans hadn't dried up yeah, yet back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then the final object that gets put in is the thing that David got from Scott's mom. The gun! The murder gun! <laughs> it's the murder gun! So that the evidence like, gets the buried. The statue of limitations will be over. There is no statue yep. of limitations on murder, David. Perfect crime. By putting the gun in the capsule, it ensures that David gets off scot-free. <laughs> Without a scot. Very nice. Uh, no, he puts in his big giant fucking hat. Which is supposed to be like poignant or like memorable yes. i don't get the symbolism or anything and i feel it could be better for him just to keep dead. it as like a reminder of his friend who passed but i don't know well it's weird because it's set up as like the symbol of the division between the two of them mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. david got cool and scott got country and that's why they're not <laughs> friends anymore and so that david's like in honor of his memory i'm gonna I can't put my coolness in this capsule, so I'm going to put this act in the capsule. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. He could have put Scott's one of his dorkiness. awesome shirts in there, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. His bad. And then deal. they light sparklers in Scott's honor, because remember we heard about how 4th of July was his favorite mm-hmm. holiday. I <laughs> forgot that that's why, so that's good. Yeah, if yeah. he actually liked his friend and wanted to honor him, he could have worn that hat next episode and just played and it like all. like in every episode things. from yeah. this point forward, I everyone's like. pulled it off. What's with the doofy hat? And he'd be like, my best friend wore this yeah. hat. He's fucking and then everyone dead, would like, shut up. And, yeah. <laughs> and so they all touch tips with the sparklers. <laughs> Brandon manages to stop humping Emily long enough to do it. <laughs> he can only handle one phallic object at a time. And at this point, it's the right, sparkler. Right. Amateur. <laughs> and then they, they play some, you know, some sad but slightly uplifting kind of melancholic mm. music over this sparklers and there was a part of me that was like is this the music that played the first time this aired no oh, yeah, or is yeah, this just generic problem. music that's been replaced like i don't know i bet it wasn't i feel yeah, like it's probably different there's music. probably vhs is out there that you could get the original music from right like mm-hmm. let's do it yeah maybe i shouldn't have thrown out my vhs tapes of yeah exactly 90210 episodes that i recorded off of the dvds and um, i hope digital somebody has Somebody has them somewhere, I hope. Somebody is keeping track. I had them all with little note cards taped on the sides, telling Aww. me what episodes were on each tape. He yeah. put on thumbs up for how much making out there was. <laughs> this, Ooh, one's this one's got eight thumbs. Three eight thumbs is a lot. I do wonder about the actor who played Scott, because he was like a regular on this show, and now he's offed. And like, I understand he's playing a character who's like not cool enough. But there also has to be a little bit of, like, you're not cool enough to be on this show, right? (laughs) Yeah, so it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing, because what I've always come to understand is that the actor asked to be written out of the show. Oh, yeah? But at the same time, there's part of you that's like, well, yeah, because if you're an actor on a show and they're not giving you anything good to do, (laughs) it's only a matter of time, Like, wouldn't you ask to be let go so that you could maybe go get a job acting somewhere where they would give you something to do? And so it's and like... then he never did get another role. <laughs> no, he didn't. And I think I think he ended up going into, like, to the military or something. Mm-hmm. And, oh, shit, because he liked uh, guns. But I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, like, the actor legitimately... He, <laughs> I think he retired from acting after this. And wow. I mean, you could argue there's, like... Even being a bit player, you know, it's good enough money. Why not stay in there? But I mean... Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know how much foresight he has, but it's pretty obvious. Like, if they're not doing anything with you this season, they're probably just not bringing you back at some point, right? Like, it's not right. gonna... Right. You're not gonna keep coasting as, like, a bit player, you know? Or, like, how long before... Like, how long before they either just get rid of you, or they just turn you into the constant butt of jokes? Yeah. Like, at this like at this point, like he still has some dignity left as a character. <laughs> yeah. No! But, like, how okay. long before they're just like, okay, he's just gonna be, like, the goony fucking, you know, screech kid from now on, but he doesn't get to hang out with any of the cool kids. And they probably and just get rid of him like, at some point, too, right? Like, it's just... Right, right. So, yeah. Rest in peace, Scott Scanlon. Yeah, okay. shooting my guns in the air right now. I thought he'd be more of a Screech. He he was more tolerable than Screech was. We can say that he was. It was sweet when he knew that he wasn't cool <laughs> like the cools. Just some self awareness yeah. helps some helps people immensely. I'll put it. That it way. really it really does. And sadly, I mean that's what I was where it's like David doesn't have that self awareness. Yeah, <laughs> Like David was was such the screech as well, and and he survived it by just getting adopted mm-hmm. into the cools, um, where then having no self awareness was a pro, not a con, <laughs> because none of these jagoffs have any self awareness. But <laughs> I will say about David that his voice is like so high and squeaky yeah. that I was yeah, imitating I mean, from my husband. <laughs> yeah, and he's got the I mean, he has the whole like Dustin Dime, like he's younger than the rest of the cast. Like mm-hmm. he was. I think he was actually a teenager when what a fool. he started filming versus, you know, Andre, who's like 35 or whatever. <laughs> like, for real. Um, for really real. Yeah, David had total discreet trajectory going on. And I guess, I mean, to his credit, he pulled out of it and he's one of, he was there at the beginning and he was there in the very final episode mm-hmm. and um, he you know, Brian Austin Green got pretty buff and hunky down the road and married Megan Fox. And... He did, didn't he? Yeah. Gosh. They have to do a whole thing their senior year where David is taking, like, extra classes <laughs> so that he can graduate so a year early. Up. So he can catch it. Because they're like, well, we positioned him as the dorky freshman, but now we want him to graduate mm. with, you know, all the other main characters. And did they just want to do it so he could graduate? Because they could do, like, just he's taking, like, college courses in high school or something like that, you know? But Right. They just... I mean, it was they just they wanted him to be able to move yeah. at the same, you know, stages as everybody else. And on the one hand, I'm like, I guess I give him credit for making a point of saying he was, you know, mm-hmm. doing the work to graduate early. And on the other hand, I'm like, I don't know. They had, like, two junior years at one point. So I don't <laughs> feel like it would be that big of a deal to just be like, yeah, David's graduating. Wasn't yeah, he a freshman when we started? Yeah, probably. I don't even know if taking extra classes to graduate early is a thing you can really do in high school. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And then once they got into college, the, he, the age difference just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Like, it never became a thing yeah. after that, that, that David was technically a year younger than everybody else. But that's kind of realistic, though. And the older right, you get, right. age differences mean the lot. Le- Less. I mean, you'd have you'd have the whole like not yet twenty one can't drink thing, but at that point they were all fucking running a nightclub, so Mm. I don't (laughs) think that was a um, a big concern either. So, Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the episode where Scott shoots himself. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I always this is what I was like. This is the the very special nine hundred two and zero episode we always thinks about. So it was. 
and 90210 was very much an issue show, especially early on. Um, so there's lots of episodes that fall under a, you know, that hit the very special beats along the way. But for whatever reason, this is the one that everybody always kinds of think thinks of as their standout, very special episode. It was a real return to form for our assignment after maybe a couple episodes that were just kind of special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're kind I of fun. Know. I find this hot cops one. very special, even now. It's true. <laughs> it's very special. Alan, this is like the show I did a little while ago where there's the dead high school kid. So, hey, mm-hmm. bit of a different perspective, though. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you got me talking on Twitter about 90210, Carolyn, so it yeah. got, my, got my 90210 blood going. And it was like, I love right, how let's... much you have on this show. Like, you were <laughs> knowing all the ins and outs when there are payoffs, and I'm like, this show has payoffs? Yeah. <laughs> wow. These were my stories back in the day. <laughs> this is how you learn to be such a cool 30-year-old teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? Any lessons learned? Um, It was pretty special. I learned that sometimes you have to murder a loser to get ahead. (laughs) It It wasn't as badly handled as it could have been. I'll put it that way. Maybe I thought it would be, but, you know. (laughs) Had you seen it? No. Like I said, I may have seen it back, like, when I was, like, in sixth grade or whatever, but. I don't remember if I did or did not. And then I have heard about it and kind of what happens, but never actually saw it in my memory in later. How does this, how does this stack to the Degrassi episode where Drake got shot? That we did? <laughs> I feel I, of course I like the Degrassi one better and thinks it's better handled. <laughs> I think there's a lot of weird nuance to that one that this doesn't have with the, shooting character whose name i just can't rick <laughs> because he's like did rick wear a hat i can't he remember. did he kind of did wear a hat i <laughs> see hat guys yeah he had a, it was like one of the kegels or yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the kegels you mean like the vagina thing. tightening uh, exercise yeah kegel sorry yeah he was tightening his <laughs> vagina while he was shooting drake <laughs> um, now at the same time this was Different kind of shooting. Yeah, exactly. This was an <laughs> this was a, like an active school shooting that they did. Whereas this was very accidental. Even in my mind when I heard about this episode, I thought like Scott knew it was dangerous, but was like depressed right. and didn't care and was just doing it because right. like he was mad that his friend had left him and everything. But he was just doing it because he's a doofus who just thought it was <laughs> fun. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He really did go down like a bitch. Like when we were watching it, we're like, he's gonna get sad. His mom's making him yeah, sad. Exactly. The cools are making him sad. He's sad, but no, he just did it. Like, hey, look, I can fit this in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like me when they see this. Oh no! Like, like oh, I knew no. it wasn't like a straight suicide because Austin has described some of it, but I always interpreted it as like. <laughs> he just didn't care anymore and he was, you know, right, doing right. dangerous yeah. things because he, you know, kind of playing Russian roulette kind of thing, but no. Yeah. Though like, so it is, I mean, I'm Robocop. it's very telling how the actual, like, shooting happens in the first 15 minutes of the episode because mm-hmm. it's really about David's yeah, reaction yeah. to it and, how he and whatnot, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, it's. It, it does, at least at the very end, say something uh, interesting. Plus, I loved the whole 
um, <laughs> people that haven't liked Brandon and they don't <laughs> like Scott. Look at him. Dylan rebuts it, but then just kind of sits there and never is really like addressed uh, again as to what that means. And I don't know. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of context to there. Where people are like talk about like cancer survivors and how brave and strong they were, which also has this right. weird connotation that people who don't survive cancer weren't brave and strong right. enough, you know, which I know it's not what they're right. trying to say. And so it's just it's a weird way we handle things sometimes. We, we'll say things about the optimal uh, outcome without thinking about what that means about the suboptimal <laughs> outcomes. But. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's yeah. a loaded gun. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And people lose that Russian roulette every day. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing on the people who died of cancer. It's not right. that God hated them or loved them more. It's just that or he that didn't send... less hard or right. something. Yeah. It's just that he yeah. didn't send intervening yeah. angels to stop the dump truck. <laughs> the dump truck <laughs> transparent so that they could... Uh... <laughs> straight through them thank you for all your continuity austin i would not have known any of oh someday someday i'll get to that episode during a a run of christmas episodes i'm sure so uh just just to reiterate so that's something that insensitive like people who aren't just aware and can be a little insensitive say is what brandon says except it rings a little more true because angels have interviewed intervened to save right. Life. So that just <laughs> means they just didn't give a shit about Scott, right? They could have made that. Yeah, no, they're right. It, it, God Almighty stepped in to save Brandon and he clearly could have could have done it for Scott, but he didn't. <laughs> like if Scott's gonna twirl that gun on his birthday yeah, exactly. in that fucking hat, whatever. <laughs> God's like, that kid didn't want a limbo. He deserved it. <laughs> Everybody limbo. Limbo. We limbo. This was a very special episode. I liked how mean everybody was. (laughs) (laughs) How Steve just wanted to know how much blood there was. How much guts were in his blood and how much blood was in his guts? (laughs) Yep. Fucking Steve. Steve. (laughs) We're supposed to like All right, David. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me probably not talking about how much blood there was in a shooting at uh, (laughs) a... At Dr. Bits. That's Doctor spelled out on Twitter. I'm all mixed up in my head right now. And at the real gentleman of leisure.com. Uh Carolyn, where can we find you on the internet? Um, well in real life I'm generally pistol whipping some sense into mourners at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> like, just try to find me there, fam. Grieve better. <laughs> Get over it, Smash. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, you can find me at carolynmain.com, C-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street, Carolyn Main on Twitter and on Facebook, and check out my card game, Pitch Please, at pitchplease.fun. And if you want to come talk to me some more about 90210 on Twitter, and uh, if you do, I urge you to do that. I am always down to talk some more 90210. Do it. Uh, so hit me up on the Twitters at Austin Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash G-O-L. As for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at AVSEpod. You can email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AVSEpod. For a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, and I am off to go make out in a child's bedroom. Woo!
That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode